fade out is cold. <laughs> Welcome back to another episode of Cut Different. This your brother, your neighbor, your friend, your cousin, your confidant. If y'all want to tell me y'all secrets, I'm gonna tell everybody that listen. All y'all secrets. But anyway, um, I got Shallon with me. What's going on, people? The Blood CEO. Sue, no, let, me stop, let me stop putting that out there, man. Let me stop doing that. <laughs> What's going on with Not you, Not much, bro? man. I'm good. I'm yeah, good. Yeah. Blessed. We here on the Super Bowl Sunday. Yep. Yep. Got all these fans of Slave Ball out here running around, getting ready with their team jerseys and everything. Mm. I almost like football a little bit. Then I changed my mind. When did it change for you? In 87. Oh, so mine's more recent. Mine's yeah. more recent. Yeah, mine's changed with the whole Kaepernick situation. Yeah. Kind of bowed out of it uh, altogether. Um, but I I will watch the game, though. Am I being a hypocrite? I'm still going to watch it. No. I mean, I watch the commercials. I'm always in the room with somebody on Super Bowl Sunday that mm-hmm. uh, like football. So I got to watch it. I'm mad at COVID because Super Bowl parties got the best wings. Best wings, I don't know if they just get excited and they make their wings special or they get them made a certain way, but I love the wings at Super Bowl parties. <laughs> Specifically made on Super Bowl. On Super Bowl, they Super be Bowl. better. <laughs> right. All right. Plus, it give me something to do <laughs> while everybody watching the game. I can try all the different flavors. And nobody paying attention no. to me. Like, you know, no, they yeah, ain't even looking at the, the wings. Yeah, yeah. They don't get hungry till halftime. <laughs> <laughs> they come up and then see all the wings gone. Man, look at the wings like that. <laughs> and I'm gone. I'm already gone. I'm in it's the good cup. Food, man. Yeah. yeah. You got a team you rooting for? Um, man, it's gonna sound crazy, but I'm rolling with the old school on this one. I'm gonna see Tom Brady do it again. Yeah. As much as I don't like the guy, um, I didn't like him when he was with the Patriots, but I hated that he was just that damn good. I think there's an argument to be made that he is the goat. You know, if even if you just look at pure stats. You know, and given that fact, you know, or given that opinion, I should say, um, I'm not really into, what's the other guy's name from Kansas? The quarterback? Okay. I don't watch football, so See? I can't tell you. Right, right. <laughs> so, the, so the new kid. I know Tom Brady is. When it comes when it come down to the new school versus the old school, I'm always going to go old school. It's always been the case. Even when it was rapper beef, I'm always go with the old school, the, the, really? vet, the vet in the situation. So yeah. when it was KRS versus Nelly, you were Chris. Yep. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Underlay E I E I over here, man. I was rolling with uh, yeah. Bronx, man. Yep. Man, I don't. You know what? I have a hard time figuring out how you get a goat out of football. Because to me, dude don't have that many. He can't throw the ball to nobody. It's not like basketball where you're shooting that shot and going the hole. It has nothing to do with nobody else. Okay. With football, somebody got to catch it for that to go on your stats. No doubt. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So with fo- what I understand about football, it takes the entire team to make something happen. Everybody got to be firing at the same time to make something happen. I'm going to push back on that only because, you know, when uh, even in basketball, Yes, you made that shot, but somebody could have set up that perfect assist where you got a clear lane where you can get to, 
Yeah, you know I mean, well, you take you that jump. Jordan or Kobe out there. Well, see that now we're talking about the exception to the rule. You're talking about just as an average player being able to do that, then yeah, it would take team effort. Which why I say, which is why I say with Tom Brady, um, yes, he got to throw the ball. Somebody has to catch it. But it's about the way he poises his receivers and 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 and, and getting in position to get that ball to that person. You yeah, know what I mean, it still takes an arm to get it there. You can you can be a great player on a bad team. No doubt. With with football, it's like if you ain't if if half of your how many players on the, on one football team like sixty fifty two fifty two players mm-hmm. and it's like three teams on each team like three or four teams on each right. team. Right, you're not gonna tell me that all of them are the best of the world. No, exactly. No, I get it. I mean, but it's it's, it's hard for me to just grasp the concept of goat being applied to a quarterback. When that's all he does well, is throw the ball. He so I'm measuring defense. it based on, no, yeah. He don't do nothing else. Well, let's base it on just what he does as a quarterback. If we talk about just playing his playing his position as a quarterback, looking at his statistics, looking at what he was able to do with the Patriots, and then what he did within the first year of being in the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Now, yes, you got the offensive coordinators, you got the head coach, they all got their schemes and stuff like that. But he has to go out there and deliver that. You know, he ha- he has to bring back the, de- the deliverables for that team. And so, just looking at it stat wise from that perspective, if he's not the if he's not goat, he he got to be among the top. He got to be among the just you know, the goat the top. of throwing the ball. Just the throw the the goat of being playing that role as quarterback. Absolutely. But he doesn't even draw the play up. He does nothing but his job. He does his job very well, and that's and that's all I'm saying. And but that's it, right? Right. You know what I mean? But you know when I think of players like, like even even well tennis players, you got Andre Agassi, Tommy Tommy Chong, yes, Venus and Serena, mm-hmm. uh, Arthur Ashe. These players, you know, with the inclusion like Michael Jordan. When they played, they they did a lot. I could see somebody else, like like Bo Jackson and Deion Sanders, being in conversations mm-hmm. to be really great because they they had multiple jobs. You know what I mean? In terms of what? Because they just ran the ball, right? I thought they did more than that. When um, they played, I mean, are you saying when they played multiple positions? Multiple positions, multiple sports. Okay. You know what okay. I mean? Then when you get in those kind of conversations, I, I got to see you produce more than just that one thing. Well, if, what if I'm judging you on that one thing though? In your arena, if that's what you do. Like if I'm like if I'm the best plumber in the world, there's no toilet I can't unclog. There's no sink I can't you know. Get, but you're doing more out. than just toilets. No, I'm I'm operating in the in the scope of what a plumber does. A plumber. Okay, and a quarterback is operating as Tom Brady's operating in the, in, in, the, in the scope of what a quarterback does. Is a quarterback considered a football player? Yeah, absolutely. He don't do nothing. He don't play no more football. He just put on the uniform. He takes every hike. He takes every hike in the game. Offensively. Uh, offensively, and uh, and either the ball he gives to the uh, running back. Or the ball he throws to the receiver makes points on the game. Outside of the kicker, obviously. You know these listeners talk, thinking like he got to be the dumbest dude in the damn world to even ask that question. What I just asked. And then I got to be even dumber <laughs> to sit up there and answer the damn thing. I said, is a quarterback considered a football player? 
<laughs> somebody just turned their YouTube off. Right, somebody just like, you know what? They're going to be here forever talking about that. <laughs> so, uh, so Super Bowl today, uh, are you having any type, type of uh, get-together with the Super Bowl, Super Bowl party? No, uh-uh. Nope. No one one No, I'm staying. I'm, I'm keeping it uh keeping it at home. It's typically how I do things. Uh now, to be totally honest, I had a friend of mine that was planning up he was putting together something at his house, but things fell through. Folks had other plans and we thought it would just play it safe and just everybody do their own thing. Yeah. Yeah. If I was a football fan, I did the perfect setup for one the other day. What's that? I got off a little early from work and um uh, I went to Home Depot and put together my fire pit. Oh, for real? Yeah. So, if I was a football fan, you know, I can put that TV outside, turn the game on, and if I want to have a little get-together, everybody can stand around that fire, get, keep warm, keep, keep warm. toasting. Yeah. But, I'm saving it for something more important. Like what? Like the upcoming release date of Coming to America 2. Oh, right. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. You see the second that. trailer? I'm trying not to watch because they oh, tell too much of movies in the trailers. True. Now the first trailer was it was very vague. The second one I didn't watch it either, so mm-hmm. I don't know how, you know if it's revealing too much or not. But I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't wait for it. You know they had that movie completed in 2019. My yep. son worked on the set. I heard, uh, didn't they do a lot a of filming out here in Georgia? Yeah, That's at Tyler Perry Studio. Yeah, I thought so. And uh, Rick Ross House. They oh, use okay. that for the castle, I believe. Nice. I think the castle that's coming in on the intro where mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah, this is that. Ross's house. That's in the trailer, yeah. Which is Ross's house is is Evander's old house. And where is this? Down uh off Riverdale somewhere. Okay. Riverdale, Jonesboro area. Okay. Yeah. Right. That's the crazy I say that house take a million a year to run it. Damn. That's a lot of money. Man, that's more than uh, that's more than uh, Mike, uh, Mike Tyson's home. Uh, Fifty, and he got a he got a great book too. I don't mean to, I'm not getting any endorsements from it, but Fifty got a, a real good book. Fifty Cent has a, a book called uh, Hustle Harder, Hustle Smarter. Yeah. And I listened to the audio book of it. Man, it's amazing, man. It's yeah. a really good book. But and then he talks about when he brought uh, Mike Tyson's home, fifteen the fifteen million fifteen million dollar home in uh, Connecticut. He said it was taking him about a, close to hundred thousand to run it every every month, and he was like, "It just don't make sense," you know. So he backed out of it. So I can only imagine. You said what a million to run yeah. that home? It's crazy. Yeah, I thought Rick Ross was crazy doing that because uh, you know I don't be in everybody's pocket, but you know people show you stuff that mm-hmm. Ross was only worth for like fifty million or something like that. And I'm like, if you worth like even if fifty million is a lot of money to be worth, yeah, but absolutely. if you worth fifty million. And you got a piece of property that costs you a million a year to run it. That's too much. I agree. That's too much. I, I would have to, the only way I would get something like that is if I solar panel the whole top. So I can power the house without electric bills, mm-hmm. you know what I mean, all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And and make sure it's all electric so there ain't no gas bill, too. <laughs> <laughs> what about the lawn cap? <laughs> Shoot. It'd be me and my son. Out there on the ride alone, boy. You get that side, I got this side. Oh, y'all, if you cut down there, that'd be a whole different process, man. You'll buy a lot of that quick. 
city will so. be putting notices on my house talking about you need to cut your grass, sir. <laughs> <laughs> I just oh, did man. two months ago. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can imagine the homeowners association letters from that type of thing. Oh man, <laughs> you better not have no homeowners association. The, the property takes up like a whole Atlanta block, and you know Atlanta blocks are long. It's like a whole couple streets. If you I've never been on the property, but mm-hmm. I rode by. It. Oh wow! And it's like it's literally. Yeah, I never like, seen it. I, I think outside of what we saw from the trailer, that uh, movie, I never actually been there. So the property is about the length of a mall. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah, that's a lot. That's a lot of stuff, and that's uh. You also had uh. You, did you hear about Ti this week? Yes. Yeah. We're talking about the Tip and Tina uh, Tip and Tiny's. Um, Wild Adventures. <laughs> Chronicles. <laughs> Do you believe it? I don't see that in him. Hmm. But, you know, you, you never do. I don't see it, but I, I feel like he was also putting the target on his back because of all his Black Lives Matters and all his involvement in politics. Mm-hmm. Um, you got to clean up your, your personal life when you're doing stuff like that. Absolutely. Make sure that closet cleaned out because they yeah. will go in it. Yeah. And bring out everything. Right, somebody can be paid just to come up with these stories just about you. If you got just a little small crack where they can wiggle that story in. Yeah. If you and your wife are out here having three ways, oh, you need paperwork, sir. You need video footage saying that we agreed to mm-hmm. this and it's okay. You know what I mean? 100%. You need to do that with other celebrities. Uh, Dave Chappelle had his, uh, this little skit. Um, from his old show, I, I love the Dave Chappelle show, where he had the little non-disclosure agreement, yeah. where he had the woman sign. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> that might be a real thing, man. The lawyer that comes up with that and make that like a product, that man, he, 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 he probably makes some money. I think it'll take off. I was dating a chick that offered me an NDA. Hmm. Yeah. She, you signed it? No. Huh. Nope. Nope. Couldn't see myself doing it. Because I don't really care. Not that I was going to talk about her. I still don't. I wouldn't even tell nobody her name. Mm-hmm. But why? Like, why do you think I need to talk about you at any point? Mm-hmm. Even though I am right now. <laughs> Mary J. Blige is who I'm talking about. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> I wish. I'm about to say, man, look, we're, we're about to have a whole podcast on that alone. Let's talk about that. Yeah. But, no, um, listen, I, I reserve my – I reserve um, – my judgment from uh, the situation going on with Tip or whatever. I, at the end of the day, we don't know. No. Nobody knows unless, you know, only the people involved and God knows what really happened. Uh, but I will say this. If it is true, then he wrong. You know, they're wrong. Uh, having consensual sex is one thing. But if you, if it's, you know, if you doing things outside of that person's uh um, agency, you know, to be able to choose right from wrong, choose what they want to do, then that's never cool, no matter who does it. But, again, uh, I, you know, I, I'm not calling balls or strikes on it, you know what I mean? Because I don't know enough of I it. I just think it's crazy, you know, with I'm sensitive. You know, I, I grew up like like most black guys in this country. We all know a woman that's really been through something like that, some mm-hmm. rape or molestation. Mm-hmm. And to hear people crying wolf, about stuff like that mm-hmm. or, or making up accusations about people. Those are real charges. That's that's life-altering stuff that you're Absolutely. saying about somebody. Absolutely. And if you're in concert with celebrities sleeping with them and things go left, 
it's not cool to use those type of crimes just to get some publicity for a book you got coming out or, mm-hmm. or you know, I heard they one of them hired Lisa Bloom. Lisa Bloom don't even win. I don't even know Lisa Bloom. Lisa Bloom is the same chick that, um, she defended a lot of women in, like, uh, sexual assault crimes or, or been victimized by men. Uh, what I heard, uh, she defended Tierra Marie. Okay, yep. I don't know that, that sex tape thing, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which I don't even understand why that was even in court. Okay. I, I think I know you're talking about. She's a Hispanic lady? I think she's white. She's okay. a white lady in, over in California. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She I doesn't really win, about. but she does. She get the publicity, to, though. She, yeah, she, she gets She know how to get uh, notoriety to that story, at least. Yeah. yeah. And to wiggle out some money. I heard an interesting um, thought on Breakfast Club is, uh, I believe it was DJ Envy that said something like... Uh, she doesn't really win. What she does is she makes a big scene about it, and that pressures you to settle out of court. Oh, so she about the settlement. She's not yeah. really trying to take it to trial. Yeah, she's not trying to win because she don't have a case. Right, right, but right. But if I have a... If I make enough stink about it, yeah. then you want to shut me up and, and pay me off. Right. Settlement. Yeah, and, that and makes I'm sense. I'm pretty sure she's going to use the same tactic with T.I. and Tiny. You know, she got it all blown up like this. She's going to keep pushing it out. She's mm. probably going to try to do... Uh, uh, what they did for R. Kelly on on Lifetime or Weed or something. Trying to do like a movie on it? Uh, you know the little documentary. Yeah, these yeah. are our experiences. Uh-huh. You know they suspended. I heard. Uh, I don't know how true this is, but I, I I was I thought I read somewhere or heard somebody say that they um suspended the show. Which the, one? The, the Family Hustle. They did. Yeah, I believe so. Let me look. Oh, uh, I'm sure they're gonna. Yeah, I'm sure they're gonna. With that's your playing stars with the money right there, the man. Show. Yeah, that's, that's playing with the money right in there. In court for something like that. Well, in in, in public court. Right. <laughs> for something like exactly. that. Exactly. Yeah, you, you got to slow down and wait wait to see where the lava drop. You know what I mean? Yeah, Excuse oh, yeah. Yeah, uh, T.I.'s reality show pauses production after sexual abuse allegations. Yeah, that's official. crazy. That's crazy. Like, this, this father of, how many kids? Father of 81? 81 kids. <laughs> yeah, T.I. got a lot of babies. <laughs> well, Papa, roll the stone, man. Yeah, man. Shit, I, hey, man, have as many as you want as long as you take care of them. I'm sure you're doing you that. You got so. the means to do it. Absolutely. Uh, yep. Nothing wrong with that. So, in 1954, there was a documentary called Selling to the Black Negro. To the to the Negro. Selling I said to Black the Negro. Negro. Yeah, to you the Negro. The, the I sounded racist as hell, didn't I? <laughs> no, I'm not you racist. You wanted that thing to be. I got, I got two black friends. <laughs> <laughs> well, you got to count them, right? That yeah. So what it said? Uh, it was really just telling them the talking about the untapped market of marketing and 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 starting businesses just to sell to black people. Hmm. It was, it was, it was whole, it's like 20, 30 minutes long about how, this was a real documentary they were putting out there. Like, stop thinking black people don't have money. I think we I know what you're talking about. Having. I think I know what you're talking <laughs> yeah. about. Was this in color? And it was talking about how uh, how blacks want to look nice and, and fine clothes, too? Yeah. I've seen that, dude. I know yeah. exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. Very know. eye-opening. Very eye-opening. Yeah. Yep. And you look around at what's going on right now. Some people still taking pages out of that book. Absolutely. 
like they they come up with stuff just for us. The commercials, mm-hmm. they talking about they want black people in certain commercials. I'm like, they've been doing that forever. They've always promoted things. They they do the wholesome videos, uh, commercials in white. Mm-hmm. But when it's like McDonald's and stuff like that, hell, I wanted to be Calvin growing up. <laughs> Interesting. I just saw that. Uh, I saw that video popped up in my feed. Somebody was revisiting. And breaking down the, the Calvin McDonald's commercial. We go ahead. Yeah, it was funny. Yeah, I like to see that one. <laughs> um, so, you know, they've always told, uh, they've always marketed. It's it's so many marketing firms in this country that solely go after the black dollar. Okay. We did one point five trillion dollars in two years. As in we, as in mean like consumers. Black. Consumers, mm-hmm. Black American consumers. Mm-hmm. It's we not spent even the word. One point five. Mm-hmm. Back in nineteen fifty four, on a video, it said, "It's an untapped market worth our spending accumulated fifteen billion in nineteen fifty four." So you can imagine what it is now through inflation and everything. And you know who that video was produced by? The founders of the publishing company that gave us magazines like. Jet Magazine, mm-hmm. Ebony, oh, okay. Tan. You're, well, I'm pretty sure. I think later on they were bought out okay. by a black company. But I'm not sure Jet ever was, to be honest. I know the magazine itself was founded by black people, but the publishing house, <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Right, was, exactly. Was, Come back to. Yeah. Yeah. So they've they've always, everything that we think is black-owned and you know how they're promoting all of that stuff right now? A lot Mm -hmm. of times, a lot of that stuff, I'm sorry I'm bumbling over my words, but I got so many thoughts about that particular subject. Let's talk about it. It's not not necessarily black-owned. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. The things that they promote to most of us, Mm -hmm. you got to dig to find a real black-owned business. Right, Fortune 500 companies that pre- that predominantly promote to black people aren't black-owned companies, and that's all they they, they accumulated their wealth off of our interests, off of our wants, mm-hmm. not our needs. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah, give it a, give an example just for the folks listening. Uh, uh, fashion. You know 100%. what I mean? That's that's what I was thinking about as you were speaking about. You know what I'm Absolutely, absolutely. Like we have to have these certain brands to feel like we look nice. Yes, man, you speaking my language. Because uh, in that documentary, correct me if I'm wrong, uh, it was the the. I, I wish we knew the name of it, um, but there's a part where the guy, this black guy, he has on a nice suit. And he's and he's sh- and he has this like this confidence about him. We call it peacocking. I don't know if that was a term that they did back, you know, said back in the day. But it's kind of like, no matter what I actually have, what I actually own, I can feel like I own something because I'm in this nice suit or whatever like that. It's a to me, it's a it's a mirage, man. It's a it's a. Um, call flexing, man. Dude. Absolutely. Yeah. Well. Yeah, and because and nobody does it better than than hip hop when it comes to you know the, the, the flexing. Well, we are yeah, we are hip hop. You know yeah. what I mean? Um, and and so I guess the the, the reason why I'm, I'm in such agreement with that is because um, it happens now 
where like Louis Vuitton and all these major European uh, luxury designers, you know, they don't they don't really they don't really service us in 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 terms of you know they don't really they'll take our dollars but they don't have our interest in in, in point perfect example is um i think it was gucci that maybe a year or so ago they came out with these little black uh these little i don't know if they were keychains or something but they were like these little black figurines and when i tell you they look just like some sambo uh you know like picking any looking uh uh toys and they were black and they were being i don't know if they, i'm not gonna call them toys but the the listeners may know what i'm talking about um but they had to hurry up and pull it because there was all this outrage about hey you know like this don't look right or whatever like that and they pulled it a few of them don't mind making them kind of things like was burberry that did the rope around yes. one of their uh, mm-hmm. cardigans yep they did the rope uh you know everybody knows about the coolest monkey in the jungle mm-hmm. like they don't have to respect us right Unless we demand it. Now, some things people kind of, they kind of, I don't really know how to say this one. I think some things are blown out of proportion. Oh, there we go. No, absolutely. In this this cancel culture, there are some things that blur the lines. Yeah. But I think we can all agree that in most cases, you know, they don't have our best interests out. I don't think they ever do. Right. Even when they're not doing things like that, they don't have our best interests. I, I look at a lot of things like, there's nothing wrong with quality. No. I mean, that, if you're right. a person that's, that goes for quality, yep, you don't put a price on quality, mm-hmm. I get it. Right. There's certain things I like that I just, uh, um, you know, when it comes to underwear, I'm, I'm jockey all the way. Not the, You know what I mean? That's mm-hmm. that's what I like. I could go get the $5 jaws from uh, Walmart 3-pack. Right. But no, I like what I like. But when it comes to the like what they do to Jordan, we'll we'll talk about Michael Jordan, okay, all day long. And I know I'm skipping a little bit. No, you. But when it comes to Michael Jordan, you know he doesn't do anything for the black community. He doesn't care about us. You look at him, uh, not not doing anything about the kids dying in his lines or people getting robbed for his shoes. Uh, he's a spokesperson from Nike. Like, he's on payroll. Those shoes aren't even his. Not to even defend him. I don't even want to get in and defend him because I don't. I feel like it's ridiculous. When You know what I mean? That's one of them things that I feel like is far-fetched. Like, they, they really trying to make something out of nothing. Mm-hmm. We're, we laying the, we're laying the blame at his feet? Right. Okay. Because he's black. Okay. That that also contributes to that survivor's remorse a lot of us feel when mm-hmm. we start doing a little bit better. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't hold the companies that make money. Like, nobody screamed out Nike's name. Nobody says anything about Gucci. Mm-hmm. Right after the little five-minute boycott, black people back in Gucci, back in uh, Burberry, yep. Louis Vuitton, like, whoever, whatever fashion. And, and another thing I don't get about that. Most of the stuff ugly. If you look at some of them high end fashion, yeah, man. When I see see some of these rappers wearing this, um, you see the, just, shoes? Listen, the shoes, the jackets, the you know. First of all, if we're keeping it all the way real, a lot of times I'm and I'm speaking I'm speaking in defense of the the big brothers. They don't even have all sizes, man. Hell no. <laughs> you know what I mean? So maybe I'm being biased right now. They stop at XL. 
if you get that. If you can get that. It's mostly SML. That's so they're all not even see. so they're not even marketing to us. You know what I mean? No. And if they you know if they French cut or something like that, you might find your size. Up. That ain't your size for real. No, indeed, man. You know, that's a size smaller than what you actually got that, need. Got that big belly on swole, man. Yeah, man. Nah, so. But, you know, not to get too far off, it's just just looking, thinking about documentaries like that and, mm-hmm. and the wealth gap. Yep. That's, that's something that we need to really start paying attention to. And even reading certain articles about it, even the ones of us that think we are investing properly. Uh, properly, mm. um, we we often leave out the things that can accumulate generational wealth. Absolutely, you know, and most of us start businesses, and I'm guilty of that. Well, we have to slave to make money. Yes, you know what I mean. Most of us have to work so hard once we become business owners because we're only thinking about service businesses. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean, as opposed to the businesses that actually make money or. Or even if you are doing a service business, knowing how to run it like a business, you don't have to do all the work. Right. We see that where if I hire somebody, instead of me taking home five hundred dollars, now I got to take home two fifty. Well, we're not thinking that. Okay, if I get that same type of contract five times, and I send other people out to do that job, I got two fifty five times versus me just having. Trying to make this two fifty every time we come I'm out my back on that, to do that one. one contract. 100%. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I made that mistake before. I tried to work run my first business entirely by myself. Mm-hmm. And and what happened is when I got sick, when I fell off, when something came up with family, my business started suffering and going mm-hmm. downhill. Yeah. It wasn't nothing I can do about it because I'm the only employee. Right. You know what I mean? Right. So we got to start thinking about. Oh, not thinking, but learning how to run a business, not just because of the way they treat treating us. We we need more people to start thinking about how to properly run a business and not just having a a card or wanting to have a title. You know what I mean? It's, yeah, yeah, because being an entrepreneur, that's the end thing now. That That's that's the thing to say, like, oh, I'm an entrepreneur, boss. to be a boss, to be my own boss. Um, but man, what you just shared, uh, is, is a word for me because, um, as you know, you know, I ventured out and, and, and gotten, gotten into, you know, the entre- entrepreneurial arena or whatever like that. But, um, I was suffering under the delusion that I can do it all by myself. Yeah. And then when you start thinking about it at scale, there's just no possible way you could do it now. And I know the reason why for me personally that I felt that way because I did want it to keep them, you know, kind of try and keep my expenses down and stuff like that. But um, there's no real way to grow without more people. Unless you can run that thing totally online and it's all generated through, let's say, Amazon delivery, you know, or something like that. You know, there's really no way to, Even to do with that. You still, you still, you still relying. You know yeah, I mean? you're, you're employing Amazon yeah. at that point, and and so you, they're taking a percentage, right? So, and most businesses are successful due to them solely thinking about volume, right? You know, volume is what grows business. Absolutely. You don't when you when unless you're in the labor of love like myself. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I can get you doing that, but when you go do business, because I don't consider what I do as business. I'm, I'm providing the service. And this is what I enjoy doing. Right. But when I think of business, I think about other industries mm-hmm. to get into where you don't have to deal with a lot of hands-on. Right. 
You know what I mean? When you start a business, it's about providing jobs mm-hmm. and providing a need that the public, a need or a, a desire. Right. For consumers. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and no one starts, especially a brick-and-mortar company, no one starts a brick-and-mortar company expecting that, okay, I got this one location. I'm good now. Or, or at least I don't think that should be the goal of somebody that gets into business, unless you have a niche where unless you just want to. Unless it's a labor of passion. Unless it's labor of passion. Uh, uh, or yeah, like you say, labor of love. But a scalable business to, in my experience, um, a scalable business is, like you said, something that um, is easy is easy to replicate, mm-hmm. you know. And uh, the... The what, what, what I'm looking for, the gross to net is feasible over a long period of time. You know what yeah. I mean? Like you said, you know, you start off with just getting that 250. That's fine, but if you could replicate that, like you said, have multiple contracts doing the same thing. You got people, yeah, you paint out that 250, but now that 250 became 500, and so on because it's growing. You know what I mean? So yeah, this, the scalability yeah. I think is a must if you're in it for that. Yeah, it has to be. Yeah, you want to make your business take you out of hands-on. You know what I mean? You don't want any labor associated with with your your position in your company. Right. You know, you want that to be all mental and, you know, strategy. Right. Because otherwise you're going to get lost in the sauce of just the day-to-day. Yeah. Because if I'm I'm running the business and then I'm doing the business, Mm -hmm. something's going to be taking the back seat. It's usually going to be the running it. Yeah. And mm-hmm. it's going, and then the money gonna start fleeting away. Yep. Or you gonna get sick. You know what I mean? You mm-hmm. gonna be exhausted. Something's gonna happen to you that's offsets. You know that 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 way that you've been doing it. And that's that. And I brought that up to say that there's some things that we can start getting it if if we are spending a trillion dollars, damn near a trillion dollars a year, we need to start reaping within. The black dollar circulates in the black community six hours. Not even a whole day. Mm. Not mm. even a whole day. Right. Traditional white families, uh, white white communities, 21 days. Asians are 30 days. Hispanics are like 13 days. This is from that uh, that Killer Mike uh, documentary. I mean, on because uh, I, 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 well, I, I just remember those statistics coming from that uh, that Killer Mike documentary where he was actually going out to spend a do- uh, you know money in the black community right out here in Georgia, and it lasted about that time. Like it, it didn't it, it, by the time because he he went out with the so it was a project where he wanted to go out and spend all his money was going to be spent at a black business. By the end of the day. He was sleeping on a bench because he couldn't find a black-owned place to rest his head. I don't think, you know, that's one thing we don't understand networking. Mm -hmm. I think we think this is what gets a lot of people sour with networking. If me and you are comedians, it makes sense. Mm -hmm. If me and you are barbers in two different shops, it doesn't really make sense. You know what I mean? What do you mean? Mm Mm-mm. Well, so if we're comedians, we can make everybody can laugh. Okay. Everybody can laugh. Everybody can, um, you know what I mean? It, no, Somebody listening to my jokes ain't going to stop them from listening to your jokes. Right. But if you come get a haircut from me, 
that person more than likely is going to stick with just that one barber. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if you out here trying to network, and it, 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 to me, the way you network depends on the type of business you have. You want to find somebody that can supplement what you're doing and vice versa. Right. You can network with people that do things like uh, they design clothes. They're a photographer. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You want people that that do things that they'll need your type of service. Right. If you only networking with barbers, then what y'all going to do, fight over customers? You know what I mean? It's true. Yeah, that's and, true. And it's okay to have colleagues in the same field. I'm not saying don't associate yourself with other other people in right. your field, right. in your industry. I'm just saying I see a lot of friction when I see people try to do it with certain businesses. You know what I mean? So they get turned off and they don't want to network. You just got to learn how to network and who to network right. with. Yeah, because to, to your point, there's networking, uh, I'm, I'm, and I'm sure you know this, there's networking within the cosmetology world too. I mean, because would you consider barbers, barber, that's cosmetology, right? In a sense? Barbers are barbers. Okay, so cosmetology is the, the women that do do the hair. Yeah, uh, that's more of like so. So there's sound. a blending there. You see places where they have both barbers and folks that do hair, yeah. and then the cosmetology the and the ones that do the things like that. Exactly, yeah. but I'm saying scalable where it's it could be all in the name of beauty. You can have one one stop shop where folks can come get their hair cut. They can come get their hair done. They can get their nails done. They can get facials. That's scalable. That's you know that's something where you can network with the folks that do that kind of stuff and well if, see what if you are a barber well I should have said it this way if you are a barber of course networking is cool but if you own a barber shop okay Let's you want to network with businesses that 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 you can you can get something out of it you know mm-hmm. what I mean like I said like a photographer well you can get one of your barbers to cut the hair for. The, mm-hmm. little, the the photo shoots, right? Or if they have models, and you can offer somebody, service to go out there and, and right. do it on, on set or whatever right. like that for a fee, and y'all can kind of barter yeah. with mm-hmm. each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The services rendered, you know 100%. what I mean? Yeah, that makes sense. But if you're if you're a shop owner, you don't see Walmart and Target network. No, they no. they not they not gonna network. That they're, they're, Actual, and I think what you're saying without saying they're competitors. It is they're competitors. That's yeah. exact. That's exactly what it is. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But a lot of times we try. I see a lot of young businesses trying to network with their competition, hmm. and then you know that's where all the drama. That's starts. when the sour stuff. Yeah, you know, the sour happens. It, yeah, you, you weren't supposed to be doing that anyway. You know, I, I used to get a lot of flack when I when I stood my ground on. I don't mind. You know, associating with other businesses that do what I do, but I, I'm I'm not going to network with you to the level that what I'm doing. You know what I mean? If if you're in my 30 minute radius or hour radius, no, I don't need to associate with you on a business level. We can be personal friends, mm-hmm. but I don't need to be in your shop, and you don't need to be in mine. Okay, you know what I mean? What I'm doing over here, I want that to be unique. To my business, right now, if I want to mentor somebody in business again, that'll make it personal. Okay. You know what I mean? I'm not going to do that with everybody, and I'm not going to do it with somebody that I feel like, okay, I'm going to help them compete with me. 
That's stupid in business. Hmm. You speaking like from experience, man? Does, is, has no. this come up? No, because oh, okay. I, I think I think that's a subject that a lot of people don't really touch on. Okay, like networking. You in in, in places like Atlanta, New York, L.A., Houston, Dallas, yeah, 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 all the cities. major black mm-hmm. cities. Yeah, um, I, I call them because of the large population of black people in those cities. We there are a lot of networking events, but I feel like they haven't been taught proper networking. Okay. You know what I mean? A lot of them will pull competitors in a room and expect them to do a kumbaya. And at the end of the day, you really just attended an event to get you out the house. You know, it's not really benefiting your business. That's right. All you did was put a target on your back for other competitors. Yeah. And then and then uh, the... the, the, the uh the pageantry of taking the pictures there, say, "Hey, I'm at this event." You put it on you, you know. But nothing real. I'm not gonna say nothing comes out of these, um, all of these. You events. can find business partners that Absolutely. way too. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. those you develop those a majority of the time. I don't know all, but a mm-hmm. majority of the time you develop those because of personal relationship. Yeah, that's not networking when it comes to business. I want to find people when you go to trade shows and you look at all the vendors there. They they network with people that they can utilize in their business. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. They're not uh, the prime Osborne is not going to the civic center saying let's throw an event together when we both both are event halls. Right? You know what I mean? Right. No, um, but I, but I will say I think I, I think the word networking could be taken out of context sometimes because at the end of the day it's all. It's all relative, right? Um, you went to a barber conference with other barbers, but that barber happens to know somebody who does photos. You know what I mean? And um, does photos in your city. I'm out here in Denver. You know, you came to a conference in Denver, but I happen to know a photographer in Georgia who needs a on on the spot barber that can come through and help. You know, get the person together for photos and stuff like that. All that's relative. Now you didn't come there with that intent, but building, like you said, building that personal, building personal relationships with folks who are in business and maybe in the same field doesn't limit you to where you can branch out and and, and make other contacts. Does I that do. make sense? Yeah, yeah, it does. And, and what I'm saying, not Bible. You right. know, if, if right. any anybody that sees. Like any any uh, issue, with some some of the things I said. It's just my take on because mm-hmm. uh, my my main because he cut different is <laughs> my main focal point is networking. You yeah. know what I mean when I'm making that argument yeah. about properly doing it and mm-hmm. knowing what to seek out when identifying what you want out of this networking is the first thing that you need to do. If you just want to get some barber friends, you want to get some car dealer friends. You want to get some business friends that do what you do, and you want to associate with people that doing that's doing what you're doing. Mm-hmm. I get that. That makes perfect sense. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And 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 you know that you need some grooming or some you know what I mean, some mentoring in your business. Yes, definitely. Right. I still have somebody that I can call in mm-hmm. my industry, and me and him aren't in competition. We're in two different areas. Right. But even if we were, we would still have the same relationship because of our friendship. Right. But on the other side of things, like when it comes to strictly business, I think a lot of times us, we make business personal. Business doesn't Absolutely. have emotions. Yeah. 
yeah. business is not personal 100%, at all. Man. 100%. And I think a lot of times uh, a lot of businesses fail because of that. That's why a lot of, a lot of our customer service habits are, are horrible. I, I stuttered a little bit because I know sometimes mine is. <laughs> you know? But, <laughs> but you know, that's that's that. And that's, some, that's something that you have to relearn in business. You know, whatever your flaws are, you have to keep teaching yourself and growing in that area as often as possible because you want to get to a level that you're doing business. Right. You know, when you're doing business, you want it to be business. Right. You know what I mean? No, evolution, I think, is the, is the lifeblood of a business, especially, um, especially in regards to, like, for example... Uh, this thing that happened with the pandemic, you know, uh, we have uh, we have issues where you know folks couldn't go to their brick and mortar place because you know the city was shut down. How do you evolve from that? You know, what I mean, like it's always you always have to be in that mindset of you know what's next and what's changing or whatever. And I think because of you know, and I'm not saying all. Please don't you know uh, think I'm talking about all businesses. But I think the ones that become stagnant are the ones that uh, make emotional decisions with their business. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, it's not looking at it as black and white. They're looking, they see the green in it, they see the blue, they see the, you know, and everything like that, so. Yeah, I mean, I can give so many examples in that arena. I've, I've been guilty of that. Oh, we all um, have. Um, yeah. Uh, you know, we, 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 it's not just that either. A lot of times when you get so personal with, your employees with, mm-hmm. with with your customers sometimes you you have to know you can't stop relationships from forming you know what i mean when you do business right but you know you 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 can't do that with everybody mm-hmm. and a lot of times i think well i've witnessed quite a few people like cross them lines so much that they it, the lines are so blurred they don't they it's, it's not a business anymore. It's a friendship. Now, when it's a friendship and you attach money to services or goods, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. why are you charging me this yep. much? Yeah, the signals get crossed. Oh, why why are you always trying to negotiate my prices? I thought we was cool. Right. You know what I mean? Right. And, and you start having conversations like that on a regular. And that, that kind of either is either going to sour, sour the business or it's going to sour gonna your attitude. It's going to affect attitude. that bottom line. And yeah. your attitude. Absolutely. Yeah, it's going yeah. to start changing your attitude. Now yeah. you went from Mr. Nice, you know what I mean? <laughs> Mr. Nice guy, servicing the community. Right. Now you've been burnt by those kind of interactions with your customers or your employees. Now you missed the attitude. How do you find that balance? Like, how have you found that balance uh, here at, the, at, your, at your shop? Like, what, you know, like, um, are you still learning that? Like you know, like what, what's a good balance point for you? Like my my balance, I don't know if this is going to answer understanding. Okay, Under, understanding what my job is, and understanding what my business requires of me. So it's easy for me to be a certain way with certain people. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It, it makes me, no matter. I give the impression I, I've learned, and now some things I still have to correct because I, I still have to bring a few people along. But just understanding business is what what really did. I don't know if I can really answer that because for me, 
it took a whole lot of mistakes to get me to where I'm at. Got it. Like a lot. You know, a lot of times, even in your, I'm sure in your arena, you don't know a lot of people that you grew up with that do what you do. Right. Or that hold positions that you hold. Right. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it's kind of hard to learn that kind of, you know, the books can tell you all kinds of stuff. Right. The movies can, documentaries can tell you all kinds of stuff. College can do do all of this for you. But you don't learn something until you're actually, actually doing out there, 100%. it. 100%. Yeah. And I think that's some of the best experience you can have, actually. Yeah. Um, you know, the stuff I learned in school, man, pills in comparison to actual application out on the field. Like, actually doing the job. Like, there's, there's, I mean, and I'm not knocking that. Go to school, you know, get the four year degree, get in debt, but, uh, <laughs> but, but, uh, well, and, don't and get in debt. Get a degree. Get a degree in that something that's on cash. Though. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no knock. Come out of school with a degree in, uh, art education. Don't, no knock on my historians, <laughs> no knock to my, uh, historians. And yeah. Uh, who, I'm, who I'm knocking them. <laughs> but do something that's going to be lucrative, man. Uh, um, but yeah, it's that's little enough to pay your loan back. <laughs> please get that loan. But we got Biden in the house now, man. We're going to see what's going to happen, man. I got a letter from them just the other day. The Great White Hope. The Great White Hope, man. He, he all we got. Disappoint y'all. You think so? Biden and Sister Judas. Sister Judas. Yes, yes, sir. Why y'all calling? Why you calling Sister Judas? I wish I had a microphone so I could have did this. Hey, brother, look here. Don't ask me those kind of questions. <laughs> <laughs> right, maybe a topic for another day. Um, I just, yeah. I, I feel like she's one of them chicks that throw rocks and hide a hand. In terms of throwing rocks at the black community? Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. Yes. Uh, you want to respond on that? I'm interested. Uh, you, make, uh, you talking about her work as a... DA. DA? Yeah. I mean, it's not necessarily that. Um, I was having this conversation with somebody before, mm-hmm. and the stuff that we saw in early on in her race mm-hmm. that was on YouTube came off of YouTube after she gained popularity, after people were criticizing her about some of the things she said about black men in the state of California. Mm. A lot of that stuff disappeared. Once she started getting popularity, and they had a runner they wanted her to operate in, mm-hmm. black mm-hmm. people, black women. Right. So they had to erase some of that stuff off of... Off of, uh, off of YouTube? Off social media. All what, what, what was being said? <laughs> well, she had an attitude like, we just deserve the treatment that we were getting. So that's, treatment that's, from like short, the government? That's what I'll say. From, from, like, from, from the government or... From the judicial system. So from the judicial system. Yeah. Oh. We deserve it. Damn. You know, and at the time, she was the judicial system. You know, she was the justice system. Right. In the state of California. Yeah. And she could have changed. She could have altered a lot of her decisions, you know, case by case. But she treated us a lot of times as all like criminals. Mm. And not saying that black people can't be criminals. But all of us ain't. Right. And for you to be black and, and have that... Have that be a part of your 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 thought process associated with your people, right? That was kind of wild for me to see that, you know, and hear that from her. Let's say, let's say, and I know we're kind of off topic, but you know, what else is new, right? Um, let's say that was the case. 
with her being in the White House now as vice president and nearly president, looking at Joe Biden's age or whatever like that, you know what I mean? Um, do you think, I mean, do you believe there's room for redemption for her in terms of? Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. What is politics, though? Oh, well, it's always going to be politics. Well, they're politicians. It's kind of built in. Yeah. (laughs) You know what I mean? So, I don't, just like I don't, Joe Biden definitely did some things 20 and his 20, 30, 40 years in Mm -hmm. politics that are definitely, that could be definitely deemed racist, Mm -hmm. um, biased, you know what I mean? Yeah. Are you talking about the three strikes, uh, three strike law that he supported? Because everybody. Wasn't it him that helped come up with that? They presented that to Clinton now, I believe. I, I believe the presentation was done. It was done in the House. He was the senator. They just voted on it. I believe he had something to do with the... the uh, it's a little bit deeper than just passing it. Okay. It's a little bit deeper. Um, something has attachment to it. And not just that one. There's a whole lot of things that... That are... You know, that he's associated with that... that were detrimental to black people mm-hmm. as far as the judicial system and the way the government interacts with black people in this country anyway. Right. So it's, it's kind of hard. I'm I'm not wanting to say a whole lot without actual yeah, yeah, facts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's, I don't want to just That's a good topic, it. though. That's a good topic. We could probably talk yeah. about another time. You know, yeah, that's yeah, a good we'll, topic. We'll, we'll, we can definitely table that another Sunday. Yep. I'm, I'm definitely with that. But... I guess briefly we should go back to what initially we were talking about thirty minutes ago. That was uh, here we go. That black was uh, wealth. black wealth. Black wealth. Because uh, we went off, and 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 I hope nobody feels like we spent a whole lot of time criticizing us on our behaviors. But all of that was to support us, us unifying in that arena as well. You know what I mean? Our money don't unify, so how could we? Hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. If we're not building together financially, a lot of the stuff that we're saying is just going to fall on deaf ears. Those those going right to the grave. Mm-hmm. None of that stuff going to yeah. be accomplished. We can't have community programs if we don't have wealthy black Americans to support them. No doubt. You know what I mean? Um, to, to that point, you know, you know, I always go back to this. It's about policies. It's about policies. Um, if you consider, if you consider the the disparity with owning a home, which a lot of experts would say is the gateway to um, financial independence, is really through a home ownership because there's so many avenues as far as the equity in that home and different things that you can do to help get yourself. A business started, or, or or whatever, you know, home ownership. So let's take let's That's let's very high on the list. yeah, and and so if you table, if you just focus in just on home ownership and the disparities with our people versus um, whites and and other races, um, I think I read a study where we're like it's the 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 the, the deficit or the deficiency in the amount of money. Monetary value for that home is about forty five thousand compared to a white counterpart. So that's it. That's forty five thousand for that same house if a white person stayed in it versus a black, right? Black person. So, uh, and then if you look at the amount of money, you look, so they took that number and then they multiplied it by how many black 
how many African Americans are in in the country, that equates to about over 110 billion dollars. 110 billion dollars for for perspective. 110 billion dollars is enough was enough to fix the Flint, Michigan pipes, 300 times over. Uh, it, it was enough to completely eradicate the disaster in Hurricane Katrina in New Orleans, Hurricane where I'm from. Um, uh, what else? Did, it, it was enough to. Um, it was enough. It's enough to finance eight eight million four year degree scholarships. You know. So when you so so and that's just and now we're just talking about the policies of the discrimination with housing. If you start opening it up to uh, imprisonment. And the different policies that you know that have subjugated our community for so long, man, we're we're losing out on so much money based off of these policies. You know what I mean? And not even money. I'm equating the money to opportunities. You know what I mean? Just based off of the policies. So I always go back to policies. And I got to give a shout out to everybody that voted for um, who, who voted in the in the in the the the, the runoff here in Georgia. You know, congrats to everybody. We made it happen. Let's see. Let's make sure we hold the politicians that we put in there accountable to do what they say they was going to do. So I'm sorry. I have to give a little plug there. Oh, that's cool. Like I said, even though I'm not a voter, I support anybody that wants to because you're, you, you, you were, it's, it's your right to vote or not. That, that is a right. Mm-hmm. And, and, and that shouldn't be taken lightly. Like just as much as I don't want to participate, mm-hmm. I should should be as supported as if I wanted to, and I say that to say that say that because a lot of black people get slack when they don't participate in politics, mm-hmm. as if the whole civil rights movement is on your back is solely about voting. Okay, okay, and that's that's not that's the furthest from the truth. Well, and the fact that at the end of the civil rights movement, a mm-hmm. lot of their eyes were open to what the politicians were using, how they were being used. Mm-hmm. So a lot of them started sliding back from that because they were making it about that thing in which those politicians needed them, but our communities were suffering because we were only supporting or focused on one thing. We had to get back to the things that mattered, but by the time we came back, we got what we got now. Okay. We took our eyes off of our communities, mm-hmm. and that's what was more detrimental to, you know what I mean, our okay. community other than what they were doing, what they've been planning into these, into our heads and into society and their structures, you know, how they run this country. Right. But taking our eyes off the prize, man, and we did. I, I, I agree to an extent that there's, uh, there's no question that the civil rights was – so much more than just plain voting, right? But at the same time, voting is such a is such an integral part to the progression of our country. You know, what I mean, or or our communities or whatever. You go from you know local councilmen all the way up to the president of the United States. It's all based off of what's being passed, like Absolutely. what's being legislated and what's being passed. So, for example. You know, um, you'll you'll see where um, uh, what, what was the what was the name of that guy? What was the name of that guy? Um, I can't think of him. The point I'm trying to make is there's a 
billion there's billions of dollars being spent per year on lobbying lobbying uh lobbying 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 okay it's in the air today it's in the air because i sure had a lot of looks right you know i got these soup coolers so (laughs) so do i say all yeah i want to say yeah i got a pet too (laughs) but the uh these folks that 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 spend billions of dollars on these politicians to influence them to and that's absolutely all I'm saying is we need to get in that arena too. You know what I mean? Not so much what we're trying to pay all politicians, but we need to that's make what, our voice heard. That's with, what you have to do. Yeah. Just, to a larger extent. Can I combat something that you said earlier? Okay. Sure. Not, not really combat it, but... Okay. No, well, let's have it out, man. <laughs> <laughs> See, I can't argue with politis- uh, politic enthusiasts because <laughs> I don't know what the hell I'm talking about sometimes. <laughs> but... That's what I'm saying. Go for it. Go ahead. <laughs> nah, go ahead, man. So, you said something earlier. I'm trying to think about what you said. Okay. You said that, you know, it, politics, voting, the influence, that the, the influence and the impact that it has on our country. Our country, that means that's inclusive of everybody. Right. What have black people gotten out of politics for us since we've been involved in politics on a scale in a comparison scale now mm-hmm. to what they the 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 for the forwardness of this country right mm-hmm. we we progressed a lot as a country right black people in 2021 are still marching and fighting for the same thing i'm not just talking about the violent part of it okay i'm talking about the policies okay we still voting, I mean, running, and we, we still voting and marching and protesting for the right to vote. Yep. Yeah. It's amended. Why won't they just take that out? Make it inclusive of all Americans. You know what I mean? We, we, I feel so disrespected we, every time I think about that. We're talking specifically about, the like, um, voter rights. Voter rights, right? Yeah. Like uh, convicted felons being able to vote and different things Not like that. that. Just. Not that one, the, the one that actually, the amendment that actually gives us the right to uh, uncontested voting. Okay, like okay, that. gotcha. Yeah, yeah, For yeah, black yeah. people. Right, right. When that's something, that's a policy of one, you can erase the one that was in there that said that we everything was allowed. Mm-hmm. Take that out, and then you can take the amendment yeah, out. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're talking about fine. the one all the way back, like the, the when it was first passed, like in 19. 19- no, I think this is the one in the 60s. Yes, with, um, with L.B. Johnson. Right. Take that out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like we shouldn't have to show up every ten years to vote for that. There's a, but here's the thing, though, and and I, I hear what you're saying, bro. I do. Um, the I know reason, what you're gonna say <laughs> for the protection, right? No, what? hell no. It, actually, just the opposite. That's even more reason why we should be voting, and that's even more reason why because because as long as listen, um, I feel like any progress. Whether it benefit us um, exclusively or it benefited any race or culture in this country has been on the sweat of our brow. Absolutely. Like, we've always pushed, um, we always pushed this country to be a more perfect union by, by, calling, by calling out the injustices and stuff like that. And, um, and it's not going to stop just because 
okay, they amended this and this, that, and that. Man, them people are working on, while we sitting up here talking, they're working on ways to, uh, you know, um, to re-roll out the gerrymandering with district, with how they do the districting, districting, I can't talk today, uh, in, in a different, <laughs> the, like the different areas to what's considered a Democratic area, what's considered Republicans. They're doing that right now. And that makes it even more imperative why we need to be engaged. Yes, we're not going to get it all in one vote. We have we have never gotten everything that we wanted. But to make this more perfect union, I'm a firm believer that in order to make this a more perfect union, everybody got to be on board, including the ones who've, who have been disenfranchised the most, including us, man. We got to stay involved. I'm, not, stay I'm not saying don't get involved. You know? See, I don't want that to be misunderstood, too. Right. Puffy has our black party that he's been working on for the last year or so. Okay. In order for us to make an impact in that arena, it has to be a lot of us moving in the same area. Mm-hmm. Moving together. Right. And it's and it, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And and it's not that's that's cool to get something as a result of. That's fine. But I'm saying if you're going to vote, get something out of it. And I'm not saying it because that's the popular thing to say, but everybody else that votes gets something Absolutely. out of it. Now, that I cannot contest. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. I can't so contest. why are we not specifically mm-hmm. getting right. things for us? Right. I should not have to still be voting. It's not that I'm I'm not even entirely anti-voting. Mm-hmm. I just always made the stance that, one, we did not die for votes. We mm-hmm. died for equality. Mm-hmm. That's one thing that I've always wanted black people to understand. We didn't die for that. We were dying for everything that you we see. have right now. Right. People were dying to sit at the counter and eat a sandwich. Right. So it's not just Checks. about voting. Checks. I think the Jews got something. Not that I think. I know the Jews got something. Mm-hmm. The, the the Asians got something. 100%. The Spanish got something. Everybody's getting something for showing up. In politics, you got black people that draw lines within our own community mm-hmm. over this very subject, and we don't have a pot to piss in when it comes to that. It's, it's things that we're we're doing every time we make any kind of prog- progression for minorities. Mm-hmm. That includes. Asians, yes. Spanish. We're lifting up the entire. Yeah, a rising tide rises all boats. And yep. the only time they make those kind of adjustments for minorities is when it when it's it's economically a yep. good decision. Yep. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That's after all the fighting, the rioting, the protesting, the shooting. After all of that's done, then they get in their little rooms and they like, oh, you know what? Damn all of that stuff they was talking about. Did you know if we did this right here, we can get that golf club in here. Right. And me and you can go half on this business, and we can make money off of them. They want some nice stuff in their neighborhoods. Let's do it. But we're going to push gonna them out. On it. Mm-hmm. Man, you said something <laughs> so profound just now, though, because when you think about when you think about the institution of, uh, of slavery of our ancestors, man, it, was, it wasn't just for the subjugation of our people it was to make money it was capitalism yeah. this shit all excuse me <laughs> all it was all of it was capitalism and even to this day 
the the prison system, which I saw that Biden signed an executive order to 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 no longer privatize uh, state state prisons. Uh, a little too little, too late, but um, even our prison system is capitalism, man. That's that's a that that that's a business you can own. You know what yeah. I mean? To have prison prisoners do labor, it's a, it's slavery another form of slavery, man. So it's just crazy to hear you say that because uh, yeah, it it they makes so much sense. I always say they never got rid of the plantation; they just pushed the lines back. Yep, and they changed out the uh, they changed out the rags for stripes and orange uh, jumpers. Yep, pretty much. And, pretty much, man. And to get off the plantation now, you need a passport. <laughs> a passport and a shit. Uh, what's the uh, 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 ID? Yeah. Uh, 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 what do they call it? The voter ID and all these different things that they're trying to push. I'm telling you, dude. Like, you know, we always gonna have different opinions on that. I think we do see eye to eye to a certain extent on why it's important to vote. Um, <clears throat> Absolutely. Anybody that feels like that's important, they better go out there. Right. And I yeah. always, I always make a joke. Hey, y'all able to vote because of brothers like me. And I mean that to my core. Yeah, I see it jokingly, but if it weren't brothers out there. That love, love, love us, and that's willing to die for us, y'all wouldn't be able to vote. Hmm. A lot of them brothers didn't vote. Right. You know what I mean? Mm hmm. And I ain't saying I'm a gangster or a thug or nothing like that, but y'all need men that actually care about y'all getting all the rights that y'all entitled to. You know what I mean? Mm hmm. Uh, but how you do that without voting? Huh? What you mean? What you mean? You said hey, you uh, have wait. a right to eat what you want to eat, right? You need some brothers out there that are like you better let them eat that. Oh, you talking like our, our Panthers and our? Uh... <laughs> yeah, you need some brothers out there. You better move out the way and let them Black sit Lives down. Matter, right? Right? No, yeah. no, I'm with it. I got you. I got you. Yeah, man. But it's you don't uh, want these problems, man. They don't want no smoke, man. They, they they really don't. They really don't. When I said what I said, I meant it. But <laughs> inclusive of all things, man, and all people. You know what I mean? We all, all I've ever been saying about that, and I don't want anybody to ever get the wrong impression about this show, is that our white brothers and our Asian brothers, to to anybody that's ever had a black friend, our rights and our feelings and our thoughts and our place in this country are just as important as yours are. Right. So, on that note, man, we got to do this again. Okay. I'm going sure. to ask you on air when you want to come back. Uh, I'm just messing with you. <laughs> <laughs> that's, a, that's, a, um, that's, that's a topic after the break. <laughs> but I enjoyed my time, man. I'm always, hey, always enjoying the time here, I appreciate here, you, bro. Yep. And we just shook hands with COVID. COVID out here. I got sanitizer here. up there, though. Yeah, so that, smack it up. Right. So that clap, so that dap y'all heard, you know, it's going to be followed behind with some sanitizer, man. Yes, y'all sir. stay safe out there. Stay very safe, man. And again... This has been an episode of Cut Different on all platforms. Like, share, comment, subscribe on YouTube. Uh, these are my two cents. You spend it or save it. Amen? Amen. Amen. All right, y'all. Be blessed. Let us know what y'all think. Send a message. Make, leave a comment. Just let us know, man. Play the music.